The Lord be with you and also with you. Brothers and sisters, would you open up your Bibles to Luke chapter 14? We will start our reading at verse 7, and we will read all the way through verse 24. Just as a reminder, we are on our second sermon in our new series called The Art of Neighboring. It is my hope, it is my prayer that this will be a type of a vision series, a, a catalyst for us as a whole church and as households and as individuals that we will learn together how to love the Lord your God with all of our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength, and how to love our neighbor as ourself. That is my prayer, so be ready. Today's message is something that will give you plenty of opportunities to practice in light of God's word. But before we read, let's ask for God's special blessing as we read his word together. Would you pray with me? Let's pray. Father God, with our Bibles open before us, we come and we ask for your help this morning. That the Spirit of God would illumine the printed pages to us, that our minds would be quick to receive your truth, and that our lives would be quick to welcome it and obey it and to live in light of it. So help us, O Lord, in both the speaking and in the listening, to do so in such a way that honors and glorifies you, the living God. And we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Luke chapter 14, starting at verse 7. Now he told a parable to those who were invited when he noticed how they chose places of honor, saying to them, When you are invited by someone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in a place of honor, lest someone more distinguished than you be invited by him. And he who invited you both will come and say to you, Give your place to this person, and then you will begin with shame to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit in the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he may say to you, Friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled and he who humbles himself will be exalted. And he said also to the man who had invited him, When you give a dinner or a banquet, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors, lest they also invite you in return and you be repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you. You will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. When one of those who was reclined at the table with him heard these things, he said to him, Blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. But he said to him, A man once gave a great banquet and invited many. And at the time of for the banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who were invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a field, and I must go out and see it. 
please have me excused. The other said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to examine them. Please have me excused. And the other said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So the servant came and reported these things to his master. And the master of the house became angry and said to his servant, Go out quickly to the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in the poor and the crippled and the blind and the lame. And the servant said, Sir, what you have commanded has been done. And there is still room. And the master said to his servant, Go out to the highways and the hedges and compel people to come in, that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of those men who were invited shall taste my banquet. My friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Dave Mathis retells a story in his book, and he tells the story like this. Twelve people sat in silence on the edge of their seats. You could hear a pen drop. They had pilgrimage from Minnesota to muggy Orlando and her stifling August humidity for a week-long intensive course on evangelism with Steve Childers. With only a dozen students on board for five nine-hour days with one of the country's top church planting strategists, it was a rich week. These students learned about the advance of the gospel around the world and in personal conversation. Time and again, Childers had thrown them curveballs. He knew how to keep them on their toes. But now, he had had them nothing short of captivated. You know what the key to evangelism in the 21st century will be, don't you? He wasn't talking about the global south, but the western hemisphere. And I'm sure he saw in the faces of the students how eager they were for his answer. Wow! The key, they were thinking, this is huge! He paused and smiled that memorable Steve Childers world evangelism grin. He waited, still waiting, still paused, still nothing. Hold it, hold it. One of them was almost ready to burst with a, come on, already. Finally, he lifted the curtain. hospitality. Dave Mathis, who recorded this story, writes, in a progressively post-Christian society, the importance of hospitality as an evangelistic asset is growing rapidly. Increasingly, the most strategic turf on which to engage the unbelieving with the good news of Jesus may be the turf of our own homes. He goes on to write, When people don't gather in droves for stadium crusades or tarry long enough on the sidewalk to hear your gospel spiel, what will you do? Where will you interact with the unbelieving about the things that matter most? Invite them to dinner. 
So we're in this series called The Art of Neighboring. And we're, we're looking at the rhythms and the practices that will help us to love God with all of our heart, our soul, our mind, and our strength. And how to love others in this context, in this time. Yes, even during this social, physical distancing time. And this morning, we are going to be talking about the topic of hospitality. It feels out of place, but my friends, it applies to today. Not for when we get around to it or when things are lifted. It applies to today. So let's look at this. And I, I want to look at the story. We just read it. It's found in Luke 14. Jesus had in, was invited to the home of a prominent citizen, and it was a dinner party. In verses 7 to 11, Jesus is speaking to the dinner guests. After that, in verses 12 to 14, he is speaking directly to the host of this dinner party. And in 15 to the end, he speaks to his disciples, and he is speaking to us. So let's look at what he has to say on the subject of hospitality to each of these groups, and by extension, to each of us. So first, Jesus is speaking on how to be a dinner guest. Look at verses 7 to 11. In those days, a teacher sometimes lectured or dialogued with students and their disciples according to social rank. You could tell how important people were by where they sat in relationship to their rabbi, to, to the teacher. At this particular dinner party, it seems that people, when they came in, they got to pick their place. They jockeyed for position so that they were closest to the host and so that they were seen as the most important people at this dinner party. But Jesus says, listen, I want to tell you a story about being invited to a wedding feast. Do not sit in the seat that is most prominent because there is a very good chance that you may be humbled and put into a different spot. But if you take a, a seat of humility, the host will say, friend, move up higher to a, sp to a spot of prominence because for everyone who exalts himself, he will be humbled. And he who humbles himself is ultimately going to be exalted. Jesus here is not just giving us an etiquette lesson. He's teaching about how the kingdom of God works. When we move into social relationships with an eye of what we can get from other people, we miss the whole point. But when we approach social situations with an attitude of loving people and serving people without any concern of what we can get out of it, then we are not only better prepared to serve people, but we will actually receive greater honor when we stop caring about our prominence or what we can get out of it. And as we think about our church and inviting people into our community, what if we entered social situations with the mindset of loving and serving without expecting to get anything out of it? some kind of quick reward or long-term reward for us. We live, my friends, in a great community 
with a tremendous amount of opportunities around us. Right now, it feels like we're kind of cramped in and we've lost all of our, our rights and all of our privileges and all of our opportunities. But my friends, we still have a tremendous amount of opportunities around us. And one of the great opportunities that we have as a church is just to show up in our communities. One of the greatest opportunities that you have is to just show up in your neighborhood. It's actually a lot of fun just to do this. And as we live in our community, as we are invited into people's lives and eventually into their homes again, and as we live and attend in attend community events and activities, Jesus teaches us to go into these opportunities, these activities, these events with a mindset of loving and serving people and not getting and seeking our own interests. There are so many opportunities for us to do this, to intentionally accept invitations, to go into other people's homes, into their lives, into their yards, into their situations, to, to go into coffee shops when they open up, to go out to dinner when, when restaurants open up again, to, to go out on play dates, to be in the yard. So go and don't think about what you are going to get out of that situation, but think about what you can give to others. When we do this, we'll be doing what Jesus did for us. Think about it. In Mark chapter 10, Jesus said, the Son of Man did not come to be served. But what did he come to do? He came to serve and give his life, his whole life, as a ransom for many. So I, I want to encourage you. No, that, that's, that's probably not strong enough. I, I want to implore. I want to charge you. I want to challenge you to actually do this. Let's strategically, intentionally attend parties, let's attend dinners, let's attend sporting events, let's, let's get out into our neighborhoods, let's get into our communities for Jesus' sake. And every time we do that, let's go and let's do it with an attitude of love and service. That's what Jesus says to the dinner guests in this section. And that's what we want to be about as a church. Be a guest who is focused on Blessing other people. So that's what Jesus says to the guests. But verses 12 to 14, Jesus is speaking now to the host. And what he says is so important to us as well, because I, I hope that we will lean into opening up our homes our spaces, our backyards, in our lives. We need Jesus' counsel as we learn to be hospitable. How do we do this? So Jesus said to the man who, who had invited him, listen, when you throw a, a dinner, a banquet, a feast, when you throw a party, don't invite your friends your closest friends, your, your, all your in-laws. Don't, don't invite all those people. Don't invite the most prominent people because they're going to do something for you and you're going to have to repay them later. But instead, this is what I want you to do. I want you, when you throw a feast, a party, 
I want you to invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. You will. There's a guarantee in there. You will be blessed because they cannot repay you. For you will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. Jesus was speaking in a hierarchical kind of society. There were different classes of people, and, and to get things done, you invited the right people to your party so that ultimately there would be a moment where the gift is going to be repaid. They are going to have to give something back to you. So to get ahead, you needed to reach out to those who were higher than you or had different kinds of assets to give to you in the long run so that you could leverage ultimately that relationship to get what you needed. The way to do that was through hospitality. Plutarch, uh, who was a Greek biographer and an ethicist, he, he wrote and he talked about the friendship-making power of the table. Friendship-making power of the table. You would invite people over to your table, and the purpose was to get something out of that moment. You would be... It would be an investment kind of opportunity designed to increase your status, increase your influence, to increase the power. You scratched their back, and they would ultimately scratch your back. And what Jesus says here ultimately trashes that. He, he flips it upside down. And Jesus said, instead, don't invite those power brokers who are going to give you something, who are going to help you out, you're greasing the wheels for something for yourself. Instead, invite people who cannot pay you back. Invite people, not because of what they can do for you, but simply because you want to love them, because you want to serve them. Jesus says, open up your home, not just to those who benefit you, but open up your home to people who cannot pay you back, people who don't add value to your life. Practice gospel hospitality. Open it up to those people that you would not normally open up your home and your life to. But then in verses 15 to 24, Jesus speaks to all of us. And there was an awkward moment going on in this dinner party. Someone resp responded to Jesus' story. And it was probably one of those where everybody goes, he maybe lifted his cup and just said, blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. Maybe Jesus sighed and just said, you still don't get it. And Jesus responds to this by telling a story of a man who throws a banquet. He invites people, but they come up with excuse after excuse after excuse. And eventually, what does the master say? He says it in verses 23 and 24. He says, go out to the highways and to the hedges and compel people to come in. That my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of those men who were invited shall taste my banquet. What is Jesus saying here in this moment? He's responding to the person who said, blessed is everyone who, who eats bread in the kingdom of heaven. By saying, in effect, Jesus saying, in effect, not everyone who talks about the banquet at the end will actually be.
be at the banquet. And I am also going to invite people, my friend, that you do not expect. In other words, Jesus gives us a picture of God's radical hospitality. You should be hospitable because God is hospitable to you. You are invited into this messianic banquet that we are going to partake in. in, You see it in Revelation chapter 19. But some of you, Jesus is saying, some of you are going to miss out on this banquet. But make no mistake. It's not because God is inhospitable. God is radically hospitable. The reason you should be hospitable is because God is so radically hospitable to us. Our hospitality should be an overflow of God's hospitality towards us. So in this story, Jesus reminds us of his hospitality. He welcomes people who come and have absolutely nothing to offer. And if you go through the gospel narratives in in Matthew, in Mark, in Luke, in John, and you look at who Jesus is reaching out to, often you will see that these are people who have nothing to offer. They're often people who cannot bring anything to the table. He welcomes people who come and have nothing to offer, and they go, they get to come and eat and feast at God's banquet free of charge, free of charge simply because of God's grace. We're hospitable, my friends, because we serve a hospitable God, a God who welcomes and loves strangers. He's a God who is inviting people today and maybe even you to his feast. So I want to pause here because I think this is really important. My friends, God has opened up his home to you. He is gracious in inviting us all in. So the question is, how will you respond to God's grace. Don't miss the point of this story. Jesus tells it because he doesn't want you to miss out on his invitation. Come to me, all you who are weary, heavy laden, who have nothing to offer. Come to me. Respond to your creator in simple faith, in simple trust. You will never, my friends, you will never receive a greater invitation than this. Come to Jesus. Respond to his gracious invitation. So let's get practical. There's a word here that that doesn't show up at all in this passage, but shows up all throughout the New Testament And it summarizes the message of this passage. The idea that Jesus is trying to get across to us is this word hospitality. Romans 12, 13 says, seek to show hospitality. Hebrews 13, 2 says, do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers. And when the Apostle Paul gave uh, explicit instructions about the leaders, the elders of the church. He, he said one of the marks of a man who is 
to be a leader in your church is one of the marks is to be, is he hospitable? Hospitality is a forgotten and in an essential practice in the church. So what is hospitality? In the original language, in the Greek, it comes from a compound word of love and stranger. Hospitality has at its origin, literally, a love for strangers, a love for outsiders. So loving other Christians is absolutely important. It is absolutely essential. And our church should be marked for the love that we have for one another. There should be a, a, a warmth that when we gather, a genuine warmth that we love each other. And it should be sensed the moment that outsiders step into our community. They go, these people truly love one another. Jesus says that if we just love others, though, we are no, I'm sorry, Jesus says that if we just love those that love us, we are no different than the world around us. There should be a, a distinction. We should be different. What is really unusual to what Jesus says in this passage is that to show hospitality to people that we don't even know and who can do nothing for us, we, we do this because we want to love and we want to serve them. And that's what Jesus says, is that the distinguishing mark is not that we just love each other. The distinguishing mark is that we love those who are outside our square walls. John Piper puts it best when he says this. There are few joys, if any, greater than the joy of experiencing the liberating power of God's hospitality, making us a new and radically different kind of people who love to reflect the glory of his grace as we extend it to others in all kinds of hospitality. So here's how I would summarize this passage in one sentence. Love and serve others generously through hospitality, just as Jesus has done for us. Let me say it again. Love and serve others generously generously, through hospitality, just as Jesus has done for us. That is what this is about. So I want to give you a few, a few ideas of how we can put this into practice. Um, and I'm excited this. But first, I want to kind of address some reasons why some of us will say, oh, this really isn't for me. This real, Paul, this is outside of my wheelhouse. You do this far better. So here's the first thing. Some of us are going to say, listen, I am way too busy. Listen, my, my life is just jam-packed with all kinds of stuff. The kids are on a run. I'm on a run. My work is doing this. My wife is doing this. I've got a yard to take care of. I've got all kinds of stuff. I work so many hours during the week. Here's the reality. You eat, don't you? Every day. Often three meals a day often a snack in there somewhere. Maybe you don't do three meals because you, you fast that first meal, but you at least have two meals a day, right? Tim Chester wrote this. If you share a meal three or four times a week and you have a passion for Jesus, 
then you will be building up the Christian community and reaching out in mission. Man, if, if you hear three or four times a week and you go, I can't do that. That is way too much. Again, I, Paul, I just don't have the time for three to four times inviting people into my home. I'm way too busy. Start with one. One meal a week. And it doesn't have to be maybe in your home. Maybe it's on a lunch break where you're already eating. Don't go into your truck. Don't eat alone. Invite somebody into your life. But maybe some of the, some other of you are immediately thinking, man, Paul, I am way too introverted for hospitality. Listen, this text, Romans, the Romans text, the Hebrews text, the text about elders has nothing to do about personality types. It has nothing to do, or whether you not you enjoy having people over for dinner. We must see this as a biblical pattern practiced among all, all, all types of God's people who had all types of personalities. We don't do this just because we are the life of the party or because we are extroverted. No, but we do these things because, because it is clearly taught in the Bible. Is it easier for uh, an extrovert? Maybe. Is there, is it there an excuse for an introvert? No. But you might want to do it with an extrovert. Friends, these, these commands, these expectations, these, these patterns, biblical patterns are for all of us. So here, I'm going to give you just a few simple ideas. Here's the first one. Show up at social events with the focus, the mindset, and intentionality of serving other people. I, I think that, that's a good application of Jesus' advice to his guests, right? Don't show up focused on what you can get out of it. No. Show up with a focus on serving others who are there. Ask them questions. Let them have the last nacho. Who knows what God may do? And my friends, showing up with the intention of serving other people might mean, for some of us, it might mean that we actually zip our lips. Instead of using our gift to gab, we might use the ears that God has given us to listen carefully as to what they are saying and what they might be needing. Another strategy, a simple idea is be strategic. Be strategic in opening up your home, opening up your life. That's Jesus' advice to the host. Usually we're strategic in inviting people who will benefit us. Jesus teaches a different kind of strategy. Here's how John Piper describes it. How can I draw the most people into a deep experience of God's hospitality by the use of my home or my church home? Who might need reinforcements just now in the battle against loneliness? It really applies right now, doesn't it? 
Who are the people who could be brought together in my home most strategically for the sake of the kingdom? My friends, look around. Look around. Phone th flip through your phone, your phone book, if we have those anymore. Flip through those, those, uh, those directories and invite those kind of people who need to be invited. Don't invite those who are just going to warm you up all the time. Invite people, not because of what they can do for you, but simply because you want to love them and serve them. Those are just two simple ideas that I have for you. And this week, your homework is to submit ideas to our church's uh, Facebook page. What are some ways that we can exhibit gospel hospitality? We're, we're going to also open this up in our church's uh, realm pages. What are some ways that we can show creatively hospitality to others? Show love. Serve them. So I started the sermon with that, that question. You know what the key to evangelism in the 21st century will be, don't you? And the answer is hospitality. So let me close again with that idea from David Mathis. Listen, increasingly, the most strategic turf on which to engage the unbelieving with the good news of Jesus may be the turf of our own homes. When people don't gather in droves for stadium crusades or tarry long enough on the sidewalk to hear your gospel, gospel spiel, what will you do? Where will you interact with the unbelieving about the things that matter most? And his response was, Invite them to dinner. My friends, let's love and let's serve people through hospitality because that is exactly what Jesus did for us. And during this unique time that we find ourselves in, friends, it is going to require you and me, us together, to be creative to think outside of the box of how we might be showing hospitality to our neighborhood, in our workplace, all for the glory of God and the good of people. My friends, let's pray. God, would you help us to be hospitable to others as you have been hospitable to us? God, let us invite others to eat at our tables just as you have invited us to eat at your table. God, would you unleash a movement of hospitality within this church? We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Our brothers and sisters, you are loved. You are sorely missed. But until we meet again, receive God's blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace, now and forevermore. Amen. My friends, go in peace.